T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Issues 2017. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Karen Page, President, CEO, Kansas Global Trade Services. Welcome to Issues 2017, Karen. Thank you, Steve, for having me. Nice to have you with us. We've never had you on with us before, and I've been looking forward to this. I'd like to begin, if I may, with the basics. What is Kansas Global Trade Services? And that's about as basic as you can get right there. It, It is, and it's a really great question to start with. Kansas Global Trade Services is a nonprofit Uh, fee-based company in Wichita, Kansas, that serves Kansas companies to help them go international. How long have you been around? The company has actually been in existence since 1987, so this year we're celebrating our 30th year. You might be more familiar with what used to be called the World Trade Center, Uh, and a couple of years ago we we took the name away, changed the name to Kansas Global Trade Services, and um, changed our format just a little bit. So any relation to the fact that we had the attack on the World Trade Center in New no, York? No, Did not that at figure all. into it at all? No, no. not at okay. all. Not at all. Not at all. It's a great organization. It just wasn't a good fit for us uh, in our current business model. Okay. Do you have a mission statement? We do. Our mission is to facilitate and promote uh, exports and international trade for Kansas commerce. Pretty simple, straightforward, right to the point. It has to be for me to remember it, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at that stuff. Uh, where is your headquarters? We are headquartered in um, Old Town in downtown Wichita. Really? We love it. How we, long have you been there? Uh, about five years. We just renewed our uh, lease for another uh, three or five years. So. Now, where, were you, where were you before that? The original, Kansas, the original World Trade Center was actually called Mid-America World Trade Center, and it was actually sponsored by Willard Garvey, the late Willard Garvey. Okay. And it was in the, the Epic Center downtown. It was the, is the original location. See, that's, I think and that's where I remember, the, the, remember this organization yes. from. Actually, when I um, graduated from Wichita State University in 1992, I got an internship at then the Mid-America World Trade Center, and I thought I was in tall cotton because my office was in a corner office on the 18th floor of the Epic Center in downtown Wichita. All right. Pretty good first job. Not bad. Pretty good view up there. It was beautiful. Okay. It's great to watch the storms come in. <laughs> as long as they didn't hit you. <laughs> right. There you go. How many employees do you have? We have six full-time employees. And we, um, we actually have uh, rotating interns. We, we have interns all the time. We try to hire the best interns that we can get a hold of. Um, um, we love them. We, they actually come. In the summer, we, we get interns from universities outside the state of Kansas, but there's usually a Kansas connection. For example, we've had you know, uh, uh, students from Brown or Princeton University, but usually they're from Wichita State or Kansas Newman or Friends or K-State. Just really great folks. Do you allow them to do more than just take out the trash? <laughs> Definitely. The, the, That's the bu- what we do with interns and brides. They, oh, come on. Come on. The, the interns that are uh, our building owners, they take out the trash. So we, yeah, don't, okay. we don't need them to do that. No, we actually treat our interns as staff. Um, and we, we, we view the world and how we treat our interns as there should be a fair exchange of value. Uh, so the value that we provide to an internship is a real international experience, and then they provide, you know, some intelligence and, and labor for us. It sounds like they 
can learn a lot from you. They do. We want to, <laughs> you know, people ask me sometimes, what's my most, what's my, what am I most um, uh, happy about? What am I, my proudest accomplishment? Yeah. And that is the people that have worked for us, including the interns. They've gone off to do amazing things like work for the UN or work for Adidas in Singapore. So we, we we're confident that we're giving them good experiences valuable to them as well. Okay, so your nonprofit, how are you funded though? I know you have to pay bills even if you don't have a profit. We do, we do. We're a nonprofit, but we're not a charity. Um, so we don't take donations or do fundraisers necessarily, but we charge for services, so we're fee-based. Um, I always tell people we work the old-fashioned way or we get paid the old-fashioned way. We work and people pay us. So, uh, and how that works is we sit down with a Kansas company or, uh, or a service company or a manufacturer and uh, talk to them about what their challenges in international trade. And then we form a proposal. Uh, we sit down and work out the details and then we do the research and analysis and send them a product. There you go. Yeah, it's pretty oh. simple. Now, the word Kansas is in your name. But does that, do you service the entire state then? We do. We okay. do. We do. And we have a few clients outside the state. It's not something that we actively seek at this time, um, but we do have clients in, in, a, in a few other states that find us in different ways and ask us for our assistance. How many, is this, is this classified? How many, how many clients do you have at any one time? It varies. It's not I mean, classified. You- it varies. Um, and so I would say right now we're probably doing projects for more than 30 customers, most mm-hmm. of them in Kansas. Um, and that changes. So as we finish a, a project, that number would change. Or if we add you know, more projects, that, that number would change. Um, so we're not membership-based. I think you might be alluding to that. We're not membership-based. So we don't have to have a bunch of members um, because the work we do is really about pe- people are just racking our brains. Okay. <laughs> and our network. Yeah. <laughs> and our network so. Now, when you think about the global economy, imports, exports, whatever, most folks, I think, probably don't know much more than their latest shoes or garment were manufactured in a foreign country. Could you assess for us, please, the impact of a global economy on the average Kansan? How do we feel it? it well, you know, it, it seems complex, um, and, and it is, to some extent, complex, but it's not really. Um, instead of, I, I used to always use an uh, example that seemed to help folks a little bit. Um, if, if, if you or your listeners remember having a lemonade stand when you were a kid, and the lemonade stand could serve, you know, the people on your block. But if you are able to reach the entire neighborhood, then you just got to serve more lemonade and make more money for your Boy Scout Club or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same concept for a Kansas company. If they are able to serve just Kansas, they have that many people they can sell to, or to the United States, that many more, or to the world, that many more. The same happens in reverse. For an average consumer, when we're able to purchase products that are made in another country, then we may get a better price um, or we may get better access. Um, and a, a good example of that is produce. I mean, when I was growing up, I, I don't know about, about you, but... You know, avocados weren't plentiful all year round. Neither were tomatoes and certain vegetables and fruits. Um, many of those are imported today because we don't manufacture or we don't produce those during the winter months, for example, and so we import them from, from Mexico. So it, it really is just think about it as a really big supermarket. Think about the global economy as a really big supermarket where all the vendors come from different places in the world, including Kansas and the United States. Okay. Well, in the Wichita area, uh we may look at exports and say, hey, it's aircraft. But is aircraft the biggest player then? Aircraft is the biggest player, okay. uh, but it's not the only player. 
Um, and it, aircraft takes a aircraft and aircraft parts, so not just the full manufactured airplane, but all the parts that go into that are, are amazing. We have about 350 aviation subcontractors um, in you know about 100 mile radius around Wichita. It's the greatest concentration of, of aviation um, uh, manufacturing in the world, and um, and those, those those folks make up about 50 to 60 percent of the export value of the Wichita area. Um, then the other folks that export, I mean, we have we have services export. So we export education, for example. Wichita State, when they have a foreign student, that's an, an education export. Um, we educate, or excuse me, export um, engineering services, for example. That's a familiar thing in Wichita. Um, we also export um, lawnmowers and big machines that build other machines. And, and just that we're a really, really great manufacturers. And the manufacturing that we do is, is considered advanced manufacturing. So how do you actually assist aircraft-related companies in cracking the global market then? So, for example, one, one of the things we would do is we work with the aircraft subcontractors, so mm -hmm. the smaller companies. Yeah. And we do, we do work for the large ones as well, um, but the work varies. So for an aircraft subcontractor, we might say to them something real simple like this. You guys sell into uh, Textron? And they usually say yes. And we'll say, you know what? Have you thought about selling to another aircraft manufacturer located in a foreign country? Because if you can sell to Textron, you can also sell to other um, uh, manufacturers as well. And we might do something as simple as, have you gotten in contact with them? Have you, you know, registered to become a supplier? Have you thought about it? Um, and then we might go through the process of making sure that they were, of course, complying with their contractual obligations with Textron, which they would be, you know, obviously sensitive to in this example, and then um, help them understand what they needed to do to export that particular part to a foreign country. So that involves regulations in the United States and regulations in the foreign country. Obviously, there is a lot of communication that has to be done. Yes. Well, I'm, you have, yes. You're the one who knows how to get them in touch with those folks, right? Right, right, <laughs> right. And we don't always, I want to, Steve, I wanted to point out something that's really important. We don't know all the answers. We don't have all the answers. Okay. We only have six employees. If we had to have enough staff to answer all the questions of all of our customers in every country, that wouldn't be a viable business model. We wouldn't, couldn't afford that. No, that, that would be kind of silly. Yeah. So what we do is we employ a network of, of people that we work with. So, for example, we have an aircraft subcontractor who has a question in contracting for which we don't have the answer. We would contact one of the great lawyers in our, in our network and say, I have a client who is trying to accomplish this with a contract with, um, let's pick a foreign, uh, Embraer in Brazil. Okay. Um, and they need some help. They don't have in-house counsel. Can you help them out? And so we would put the connection together. So we're able to maintain an efficient operation and a smaller staff um, and thereby pass on really cheap, cheaper rates to our, to our customers by using the talent of many, many people. Yeah, Karen, it, it, you're, you're talking about that, and I'm thinking uh, what I know about uh, uh, marketing and and. Uh, and pe people who are working in, the, in any business, you're talking about, we always talk about networking. Yeah. You're kind of a super networker, aren't you? We have to be a super networker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I actually watch my LinkedIn numbers. Um, they've been in the thousands for years and years. Um, we use LinkedIn, for example, as a network. Um, but if you were to, if I were to pull out my iPhone right now, you could see how many people we have in our contacts, which is hooked up to, you know, to the company's contacts. And they're all over the world all over the world in all different disciplines and professions. 
Tell us about agriculture and world trade. Agriculture, I think it's, you know, we love working with ag producers. They are some of the most savvy global economists you will ever find. It's part of their, it's part of their business to understand what the markets are doing. And um, we don't work with ag producers directly because that's a commodity, those are commodities, um, but we do work with value-added um, companies in the ag industry. Um, that could be ag equipment manufacturers, or it could be value-added food products. Um, so, so, for example, um, I don't know if I have the permi- their permission to use their name, so I'm going to describe okay. them. Okay. So there is a company in Dodge Hill that makes distilled spirits okay. out of the grains that they manufacture on the family farm. Okay. So that's an ag product right. that's value added. Um, and we're, we're going to see if we can help them go into some Asian, co- Asian countries that, um, that really appreciate very unique and so high quality not, alcohol. Not you saying, uh, here, we're going to show you a place in Asia to sell cows. Right. Not that simple then. No, it's not quite that <laughs> simple. There's usually, you're speaking about marketing, there's usually a lot of market research that goes on. Yeah. Um, internally, we call our researchers the nerd herd. If that gives you it gives you an idea of what we're talking about, everybody's People got that, a nerd herd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're they're our favorites. <laughs> You're listening to Issues 2017 on the Intercom Radio Stations, and our guest is Karen Page, President, CEO, Kansas Global Trade Services. You know, there's been a lot of talk about relaxing trade restrictions with Cuba, or not. Uh, would that have an impact? Much of an impact? Uh, Cuban markets have on Kansas businesses. It won't really, Steve, because those sanctions were just lifted very recently yeah. by the previous administration. So I don't think we've got a good motivate, you know, good momentum going with that yet. Um, in, in regard to trade, we just don't do a lot with Cuba because of those sanctions, most likely. But also, it's a pretty you small see a country. potential there. Is there well, certain, certainly there's potential. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm not that great at geography. But Cuba's pretty small, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. so when we're when we're it's looking somewhere down there in the middle. Yeah, I mean, great. <laughs> I mean, I wish I, I wish I could tell you I'd been there. I would love to go and just look at the old cars. I right? say it's, I, they say it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to go. Um, but when we look at markets for companies and we think about the AMP global impact, we're looking for a match. So it's not necessarily about politics in terms of what's the hot potato in politics right now. It's, is there a market for the Kansas company? Can that, when I say, is there a market, can they sell something? Can they, you know, um, source a product that they need to manufacture their product more competitively? So we're looking at it in terms of more economics. And of course, politics come into play. Because you have to, you really need a politically stable economy to do business with. Because otherwise, there's so many risks that you have to mitigate. Um, but we're looking for, you know, markets where there's a lot of middle class, for example, or a lot of manufacturing or growing manufacturing, so that the companies that we work with can sell more of their great products to. What nations uh, share the most trade with Kansas businesses? The top five right now are Canada. Uh, Mexico, China, and I think actually it's uh, Canada, China, Mexico now. China is uh, number two or number three market. And then like the UK and um, so it's usually European countries. I think Germany is up there as well. They switch every year. So we look at the top exports annually. Assess the role of government in promoting global trade. We know the federal government is involved, uh, but how about state and even local governments? Are they involved? Absolutely. The the uh, in fact, the Wichita area is, I think, one of the most sophisticated in the nation in terms of local and state local government involvement. A couple of years ago, we shepherded the process of uh, creating a regional export plan 
um, as well as just recently finished the foreign direct investment plan. So those are two big trade elements. And the city of Wichita, Sedgwick County, and numerous county or city governments throughout the 10-county region um, were involved in that process and actually contribute to the implementation of the export plan. It's about a $270,000 a year budget that allows Kansas Global and our partners to implement the services under the export plan. So that's very significant and really historic um, involvement in international trade. Um, I, I keep telling our elected officials locally that they're special because they, they've, they saw something that other cities in the nation didn't see, and they took a chance with something that was really quite unfamiliar to them, and they said, yes, we need to support trade for our companies in our communities. Mm -hmm. And they stepped up, and they keep track of it, and they, it's annual funding. I mean, they're just, honestly just amazing. It's one of the best in the nation. Now, you talked about uh, uh, interns, but what do you also work with local and, and state universities Absolutely. on other projects as well? Then? We, we do um, to some extent. The challenge that we have is companies have a tight timeline, and that timelines don't always match with a university schedule, like a semester-based schedule. So, for example, if we want to work with Wichita State University's business school to do research for... Uh, to do research for a particular client, that client would have to be willing to wait. Um, usually the timelines that co uh, companies employ is much shorter than a university. Um, but we, we just announced um, a couple of weeks ago that we were selected by the Brookings Institution out of Washington, D.C. to participate in a new, uh, a new program uh, in the Global Cities Initiative um, uh, to look at uh, the priority markets for our community as well as possible international partners. And Wichita State's Barton School of Business st stepped up in a big way, and they're going to be on our leadership team to get that project done. So um, the other thing I wanted to mention, Steve, is that uh, our employees, um, current full-time employees, we have uh, two from Friends University, for example. Uh, one from has a degree from Emporia State Bachelor's and one a master's from Newman. I come from Wichita State, so we're, we're working with those universities, really recruiting some of our full-time employees as well. The uh, south-central Kansas economy was hammered by 2011 and the 2008 recession. How, have we completely recovered from those hammer blows? I, I, no, I, I, can't, I can't claim to be an economist, but we do look at trade, yeah. and they follow the, they follow the local and, and national economy, and we haven't completely recovered, but we're almost there. Um, it's really close to um, getting close to levels before the recession hit. And I will tell you, Steve, that had we not had exports to supplement some of that, we would have been in worse shape than, than we were. Mm. Um, because exports for the local, for the metro economy, the Wichita economy, um, it's about 25% of our total economy. So if we don't have those exports, then 25% of of everything that we know in the economy will be gone. I'm sorry. Would you restate that? Tell me that again. I'm, I'm, I, tell me what you just said again. I'm sorry. So in the Wichita area, yeah. about 25% of our local economy is dependent on exports. So if we didn't have that 25% of export sales, our, our, our economy would be much worse off than it, is, than, it, than it was during the recession, but certainly in any time. That mm. number hovers between 20 and 28% mm -hmm. over the last 10 years. Okay. So it's, now, it's very, very important to our economy. If we didn't have those sales, we, we'd be in a lot different shape with our quality of life. You, uh, we talk about, uh, I'm beginning to get a feel for what you do, but is there a way that you actually... Uh, reach out to uh, uh, 
businesses, Kansas businesses, and try to educate them about uh, what you are and, and where you are? Or do you do some marketing and, and so forth? We do. We do marketing, um, but we do it um, in a <clears throat> excuse me a one-on-one basis. Okay. Um, and we consider you, your question had about marketing and education. We do two things. Um, one is we, we have a very active outreach program. And what that means, Steve, is we sit down with a company. We, we knock on their door until they let us in. <laughs> Nicely, of course. Oh, yeah. And we say, have you thought about exports as a way to grow your business? And something interesting happens when we have those. Those are all face-to-face meetings. So when we sit down and we look them in the eye and we say, have you thought about exports to grow your business? And what happens is fascinating. Um, because we build a trust with that company, we have to to be able to help them. They actually ask us questions that have nothing to do really with exports or with international trade. They might say, you know, I've been trying to get permission um, to do a parking lot because I'm expanding my business domestically and I need more parking spaces for my employees, but I don't know who to call. So it has nothing to do with exports, right? But we just we say, you know what, you're located in Mays or you're located in McPherson, call so-and-so, and they'll help you. Um, so it's a really interesting conversation. We hear all kinds of things about how well businesses are doing or how they've solved problems or the challenges that we're ha- they're having. Um, but, our, but our real emphasis is to ask them to export. And then we have a series of services um, including um, our network that we say, we can help you figure this out. We can help you prioritize what countries to go to. We can help you figure out how to get in those markets and who to sell to. Um, and then be, with that network I talked about earlier, then we can supplement the information they need, whether it's an accountant or, an, or a CPA or a tax attorney. Um, we also do seminars, uh, a lot of seminars. A recent um, example is we did a seminar on how to protect intellectual property. So those are like trade secrets and copyrights and trademarks a company has. And we invited to speak and train um, an international property um, attorney, um, as well as the local FBI counterintelligence unit. Mm. So it was really interesting. You know, when you get to have listen to the FBI as trainers and speakers, they, they're quite fun and entertaining. They have a lot of resources that companies don't know that, are, that, are, that you can avail themselves of, but they're really great guys and, and assets to our community. It's interesting to me that you take that approach of uh, one-on-one meetings because uh, so much of everything we do these days seems to be done uh, pretty much on the Internet. Well, we do uh, use you know? social media. Well, you do. You oh, do, of course. But I'm saying, right. I mean, it's the complete exclusion of the one-on-one and human contact. Well, you know, and, and, and you don't do that. You're, and, you're, and when you're trying to, when you're helping a company, giving them advice, you have to have a relationship with them. Everything we do, I keep talking about networks. It's all about relationships, and it's uh, business, uh, domestic businesses like that as well. But especially in international business, if we're going, if you think about this, if we're going to help a company increase their exports, we have to know if they're capable of it, if they have enough manufacturing capacity if they have the right mindset. And so we actually have to sit down with that company and build trust. And our opinion is you can only do that face-to-face. It's a little bit longer process. And face-to-face, sometimes we might use Skype, for example, if there's no other option. But the best, best, best is to sit down with someone and say, we are here to help. We're looking you in the eye. We mean that, and we'll be here for you. Certainly, though, the the advent of uh, such things as social networking and the Internet has helped you to 
to do what you do. Helps then. our get our message yeah. out. When I started as an intern, one of my first jobs was to send faxes. It was a marketing. <laughs> Stand at the fax machine and send faxes. Half of our don't... listeners don't know what a fax is. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it's a good thing that we don't have to use it anymore. But, you know, social media and email and, and, and electronic means make it easier for us to get our job, make it quicker. But it's really just about... Um, it's really just about getting the word out. All right. Very interesting. Thank you for spending some time with us here on the Issue Show. We appreciate it, Karen. Maybe you can come back again. Talk Steve, to us it, was, again. it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thinking of us and, and um, really appreciate your interest. Our guest is Karen Page, President and CEO, Kansas Global Trade Services. That's all for this edition of Issues 2017. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 